So um, if, you're, if you're new tonight, you're so, so welcome. I'm Joe, and I take care of uh, the kind of contemporary worship stuff here at All Saints. Um, and I'm married to Alice. Um, Alice isn't here tonight because she's at a Jonas Brothers concert. And I don't know if you've heard about Jonas Brothers. Um, you haven't missed out on too much, I can promise you that. So she's now in London after doing four days, is it, of the panto? Four days of panto? Yeah? Uh, four days of panto, and then straight off to London to, to see these three guys. Now, the Jonas Brothers, just before we go into transformation, I'll show you these guys. This is the Jonas Brothers. These, these three guys started out about 15 years ago, I think it was. Um, and they started out on the Disney Channel. If you don't know what the Disney Channel is, don't bother looking it up. You're not going to find anything life-giving there. Um, you might find the Jonas Brothers there, but we can go and pay for it in London. But she basically, at the age of kind of 14, I think, maybe 13, 14, fell in love with this guy on the left, Nick Jonas, and, uh, and she kind of, I'm going to let, into, let you into a little secret about her. When she was 14, she actually cried and got highly anxious about the fact she couldn't marry Nick Jonas, that it was never going to be a thing. Um, and so anyway, fast forward kind of 10, 11 years, and now Alice is, is going to uh, watch them tonight, and I'm hoping that she does love me a little bit more than, than Nick Jonas here. Um, I really, really hope that, because she's off in London. Uh, and, and yeah, so she's not here tonight, but away from Jonas Brothers, tonight I want to talk about how a life of worship transforms us from the inside out. We've been looking over the last few weeks at um, the topic of a life of worship. I'm going to get rid of Jonas Brothers now. There we go. <coughs> a different topics about worship, about why we worship, what is worship, who do we worship. And the reason why we're doing this is because this topic of a life of worship is one of the most single most important things we've been looking at as a human being. As we've looked at over the last few weeks, we found that the, the, the worship in Jesus was something that we were created and designed to do. So tonight I want to look at, I want to continue in this, and I want to kind of explore how our, our song worship, so we talked about worship as something we do in all of our lives, uh, but tonight I want to talk about how song worship here in this body, in this place, um, in the context of what we do right here, um, on, in regards to transformation and, and how our words, how an opening of our hearts genuinely changes everything we are and do from the inside out. Now, transformation being a marked change in form, nature, or, or appearance, and being linked to, to metamorphosis and, and the, the word metamorphy, which is um, a profound change in form from one stage uh, to the next in the life of an organism. So the, the, the caterpillar going to the pupa, going to the butterfly. I didn't know what a pupa was until a couple of days ago, and now I do. Um, <laughs> but before we go more into this, I want to tell you a little story of my educational transformation. Um, when I was 14, I thought that I would leave school um, for the, the most two most important years of my school in life, and uh, I thought I would uh, leave secondary school and be homeschooled. Now, Homeschool to you might mean one thing. To me, it meant being at home. That was, that was it, really. So I had no tutor, um, and I, I just tried to do a bit of school at home. Um, and I convinced my mum that I'd, I was better off buying W.H. Smith books on, on you know, English, math, science, geography, history, music, whatever, and um, kind of doing it at home. I thought we had it all together. So I bought all these books. It cost quite a lot of money, and um, 
my friend Sam, he can't make it tonight, but he's, he's a kind of a lifelong friend who's moving in uh, with a vicar tomorrow, um, which is going to be really fun. But uh, when you do meet him, he can vouch for kind of this, this time of homeschooling that I had when they, my friends Sam and Freddie used to come in um, in the morning and catch me watching uh, this morning. Uh, with, with, with Phil and Holly at the time, or was it Phil and Fern maybe? And I kind of had this like, religious kind of um, discipline I used to go through every, every morning and every afternoon. I'd kind of wake up, see all these books out in front of me, and I'd be like, no. So I'd go into this morning, any fans of Homes Under the Hammer? One of you. Oh, come on. Are you all working? Okay, that's fine. Uh, and, and maybe a bit of Jeremy Kyle if I wanted a little bit of kind of drama in my life and getting things pumped up. Or maybe re- uh, location, 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 where I'd maybe look at my dreams of traveling the whole world and, uh, and, and looking for inspiration in that. Um, what else did I do? I learned how to bunny hop on a bike, like a BMX. Whoa. And it went about as good as that. So I used to just pop my tires about every two days. And um, the other thing I did do is uh, I learned how to juggle. I thought I'd just kind of show you what my transformation over two years looked like. So this is a sausage dog that I got for Christmas. And its tongue kind of extends out. It's quite amazing, actually, isn't it? It's a tape measure. Um, Alice is egg timer, which is in London with the Jonas Brothers. So that's fine. And Alice is tambourine. So here we go. Are we ready? I need just to clap after I do this, OK? No, not yet. Not yet, because I'm going to drop it. Anyway, two, two years of educational transformation. Um, nothing much happened over the, sorry, Alice. Um, nothing much happened over those two years. Now, you might have your own success stories of transformation in your life, times where you've gone from one place to another place, internally or externally, whatever it might be for you, from your work to your family to relationships or even just in a, in a mindset. You might have your success stories tonight, or you might be coming with a lack of that. Maybe disappointment in, within your kind of the idea of transformation and transforming in your life. So tonight, I want to I want to talk about either way, wherever you come as and with tonight, how sung worship can transform everything that we are and do. Corinthians three verse eighteen. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is a spirit. And I love this New Living Translation version. Um, it says this, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious grace. I just love that. But let's focus on this part of the verse, and we all with unveiled faces, and all the other translation behind me, to all of those, to all who have had the veil removed to reflect the glory of God. The writer Paul here is, is, is referring to the book of Exodus when Moses had, had come down from a mountain after speaking to God himself. And, and when he did this, when he went up onto the mountain and he saw God's presence, his glory reflected literally on his face like a, a bright light. And when he went down the mountain again, because this is kind of where God's kind of rested on top of this mountain, when he went down to the people that he used to lead, 
they'd all freak out quite a lot. And I, I don't know about you, but if I, you know, I might wear some kind of like lovely cream. I do wear a little bit of moisturizer on my nose, and it is a little bit shiny sometimes. But if I come through there, like with a neon light just strobing out of my face, I don't think you'll all be okay with it. And this is what they, which is what they did at the bottom of this mountain, is that he used to come down, and even though it was God's glory shining on his face, they were frightened, even his own brother. And in that moment as well, some people look at the, the reflection as, as something that could actually take people's faith away. Because once it started to fade off him, Moses knew, it's fine, God's there, and I can go back up to the mountain again. But his people would be like, well, where, where has he gone now? So Moses put a veil over his face, and it was firstly to yeah, make sure that the light wasn't too bright for people. God's glory and his, and his presence wasn't too much for people, but also to keep people's faith. Because he trusted in God. He knew that he was chosen. He knew his people were chosen. Now fast forward into today and, and New Testament and, and this verse here, where the writer Paul is talking about us accessing God with an unveiled face. What does this mean? It means about meeting God now, not on a mountaintop anymore. Because of Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, because of who he is and what he has done, he's made a way for us. And it means we don't have to go up to God on a mountain anymore to have our faces kind of reflected with his glory. But through Jesus, it's, it, we're looking now at an access point to God at all times. Not just through looking him in the face once, but through him being within us. To be accessed at all times, his presence and his glory. Through our worship here and our, our singing, we come to God with an unveiled face. And from this idea of, of the veil being taken off and, and having us all, giving us all access to his presence, I want to give us three ideas based on, on how our sung worship here can cause us to be transformed in Jesus. Is that all right with you guys? Is that all right? There we go. There we go. Because this is exciting stuff. Okay, so worship takes our eyes off ourselves. When we come into worship, what we usually do is we, we start generally by praising and thanking. Clipping slightly there, there we go. Praising and thanking and adoring Jesus. And then that kind of follows into looking at Jesus' character and, and finding and rooting our identity in him and realizing who we are. Then we draw, you know, so we have songs where we draw closer to his presence and his Holy Spirit. And, and then we have songs about responding to a life and a calling in him amongst many of the songs and topics, but the words that we sing in our worship takes our eyes off ourselves and onto him, which I need to tell you now is one of the most powerful things you could ever do in this life. To take your eyes off of yourself and your own life and in worship, gaze up at the creator of the universe and trusting in him, putting your faith in him is one of the most powerful things you could ever do. And this is so much more than words. This song worship, it's so much more than a stirring of, of the, the emotions through singing nice songs or making us feel a little, be- a bit, a little bit better about ourselves or, or maybe giving us like a moment of, of inspiration, which then simmers by Monday morning when stress hits at work. But with worship taking our eyes off ourselves and placing them onto Him, we become a new creation. We are changed and we are made new. 
And you might hear this over and over again, and I'm not sure tonight where you've maybe received that or whether you're in a place where that hasn't fully gone in yet. But you are a new creation. It's something to be excited about. It's something to be passionate about. It's something to respond to. Colossians 3 talks about this. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. (laughs) When we make a decision to follow Christ, we're given a brand new identity, which is found only in him. And what happens then is we're given a new set of eyes. Eyes to see our own worth, only from coming from him, but our worth and identity as a child of God. And what that means, what that really means. But also a new set of eyes for the mess in our life. And the sin and the selfish ambition which might keep our eyes on the ground. And it talks more about that in Colossians, keeping our eyes on the ground. Or even a veil over our eyes, putting a veil over our eyes and separating us from God. Calls us to look up. Now, the reason Jesus for coming into this world, living a sinless life, being crucified with our mess on top of him, piled on top of him and saying, it is finished and destroying it, being raised on that third day and then walking into eternal victory and then taking us with him into that eternal victory wasn't for us to live a life of mindlessness or apathy or shame or regret. Romans 6 verse 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves. We're children of God, and he's calling us to come into worship in who he is and what he has done, not in our own efforts and who we are. Transformation. Transformation comes when we more and more begin to take our eyes off the ground and look up to him. And that's exactly what we're doing when when we have these times of worship. And look at how the Spirit activates all of this. Galatians 5 says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, Galatians gives, gives us a load of different ways where we can live a life in the spirit from kind of taking off like an old person, an old identity and putting on a new one. But also looking at keeping in step with the spirit. Mark talked brilliantly last week you know, about um, the six steps in Samuel. If you haven't listened to it, do go and have a listen. And it's all of these talks over the last few weeks because I've piecing together a bigger picture of worship. But he was looking at the pace in which the Holy Spirit is moving and worship being something that we, we, we need to make regular priority. And in doing that, then walking side by side with God. Now, one of the songs we, we regularly sing here, um, Holy Spirit, is, the lyrics are, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Can flood this place and fill the atmosphere Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. 
Now, these aren't just words. They, these songs actively posture us into, into a place of the Spirit, being in, in, in step with Him, walking in, in the same rhythm, the same pace, the same step as the Spirit of God. It's not just words. Looking away from Him, you know, looking away from ourselves, definitely not away from Him. Looking away from ourselves and looking at Him and in doing so, being overcome by the presence of the living God. And stepping into a journey of transformation in becoming like Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I want that. I want more of that. I'm hungry for more of that. And so we've placed our focus primarily on him and putting our trust and our faith in him. I'll put it up there. There we go. Worship changes our character. Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you're kind of faking it until you make it? Uh, you don't have to kind of admit that, but um, I, I, when I was about 16 or 17, um, I signed up to a work agency, and um, during kind of the application process, they asked, what, what kind of areas of work would you like to work in? And so it ranged from waitering, uh, chalet cleaning, hotel work, administration, factory work, uh, telesales, and all sorts of other stuff. So anyway, I ticked every single box, because I was just quite desperate for the cash. And um, what happened was, um, I kind of went into fake and get until I make it, uh, motto in my head, and um, I went into working into the widest uh, kind of range of jobs you could ever be in, um, with no skills in any of them at all. Um, and so I was a waiter at high-end business dinners, um, I was a waiter at several hotels, I helped cater for like, kind of large food events, um, I shadow cleaned at five-star resorts, um, I did evening shifts at a fish factory, which is the single most disgusting thing I've ever done in my life. And I'm sure some people are amazing at that, and they love it. I hated it. It was not for me. The administration bit, I didn't really do, but what I did do was telesales. I did two weeks of telesales, and it was the single most two, worst two weeks of my entire life. Um, the somehow the motto, fake it till you make it, kind of worked in all the other stuff. But with telesales, I, I was just really, really bad at it. Like, really bad at it. And so I worked as a salesperson, salesperson for a recycle scheme. And I used to have to, well, I had to, eight hours a day, sit at a phone around loads of other people, calling these businesses and trying to get them to pay me £200 so I could then put, their, uh, put this initiative, this recycle initiative, into these schools, um, local schools to them, and in return, I would put their advert into the parent letter. I don't think it's a very good deal, to be honest. 200 quid, it's quite bad, isn't it? But anyway, I was trying to do that, and people around me were just getting sales left, right, and center all day. After two weeks, I got a grand total of zero sponsorships, um, a lot of judgment from the manager, uh, and yeah, I was, I was quite ashamed of myself as a tele-salesperson. I, I won't do that ever again. That's an extreme kind of story, but we're faking it till you make it. That motto it can work sometimes in our lives, can't it? But I'm wondering, with Sundays, how many of you felt like some weeks or every week or every now and again, whatever it is, but sometimes you're faking it until you make it? And you don't have to nod at me at all. I'm not looking for a, an answer, but... I can confidently say that this has been the case in the past for me at times. Feeling that my own anxiety or my own self, lack of self-worth or self-esteem is 
got in the way of, of how I can connect to other people and live a life of faith with them, follow Jesus with them, and then, and then also that um, going into kind of worship with God. You might come away from some Sundays thinking, yeah, I've got it right today. I feel pretty good. I, I dress right. I presented myself right. The people think I'm a good person. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you come away from some Sundays going, I wish I never said that. I say that. What must they be thinking of me now? How can I be saying this to her or him when, when this is happening in my own life? I need to speak less. They, they, they can't actually know the real me. And this can transfer into our worship. How can I stand before a holy God as I am? Why would he want to place his spirit inside of me? How could I be worthy to come and sing? And I want to tell you tonight that at no point do you need to fake it until you make it. In this place as a community, I trust that we are based on love and forgiveness and maybe at times healthy and supportive challenge because someone sees the best in you. But then the community side of it also going into, because that might be the first, you know, you might, you might come through those doors and a person's the first person you see before you get to worship. But then also in worship, I want to tell you that God has an incredible amount of love for every single one of you. Grace that, that is washed over every part of your past, present, and future if you decided to follow him. In our worship, you know, transformation in God, it doesn't mean perfection. However, worship to God and walking side by side with his spirit and actually following him is good news. It can bring continuous transformation to our character. Um, don't hear me wrong, not from just the, the outside and what other people see, but from the inside out. We need to see character and, and identity as something that's inseparable, it's together. And that through our worship, you know, we, we stand in our identities as children of God, loved and saved by Jesus, but, and, 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 and his Holy Spirit doing a work in us. But that doesn't stop when we go home and switch on the TV. As he continues to do a work in us through his Holy Spirit, this gradually transforms us. And this is a gradual thing like we spoke about in other weeks. He gradually transforms us in all areas of our lives, heart, soul, mind, and therefore our character as well. Rick Warren, who wrote Purpose Driven Life, he um, said this quote, transformation is a process. And as life happens, there are tons of ups and downs. It's a journey of discovery. There are moments on the mountaintops, but there are also moments in deep valleys of despair. It might be tonight you feel like you're on a mountaintop. It might feel like tonight you're in a valley of despair. It might feel like tonight maybe you're in the middle of those, but things are quite rocky. Your foundations are too secure. You're not sure which direction to go in. It might be tonight being honest with yourself that you feel like God just doesn't have your heart, your full heart. He doesn't have your attention and attention and also your intentions. 
your posture might not be towards him. Maybe you're longing for this transformation and, and to be able to come into worship just completely open and free to who he is. But as we looked at earlier, his love, his grace, his power to heal any brokenness is here right now in his spirit. There is nothing too much to hold you back from what he has for you if you open your heart to him. He has a power to heal any brokenness which you might feel is holding you back from the full life that he intends for you. And you can step into a life of transformation tonight. And this isn't a hyped talk and the reason I've actually kind of brought my energy down a little bit is because you can hardly hear these big talks where it's like transformation. You're going to be changed right now. Come up and give me a high five and you're transformed forever. It's not like that. We're not going to go roaring out there with war paint on. But transformation is something that isn't done in a day, but is formed over a lifetime of being a disciple of Jesus. It might be tonight that you do have that moment where, where you are free from some stuff. Will you engage with the Holy Spirit in a way like never before? And this starts a new journey in you, yeah. But this is a lifetime thing. Taking the time to walk with him through all circumstances in life. And worship, it, it, as sung worship, it puts on the way of Jesus, which transforms us. Transformation in worship, it makes us look more like Jesus through us praising him, giving him glory, and spending time with him when we're on the mountaintop, when things are really, really good. But also praising him and giving him glory, and spending times of intimacy with him when, when things get rough, when life gets rough. We're in that valley of despair. It's been said so many times over the last few weeks, but it's because it's, it's the number one thing for God. He wants your heart. He wants your heart tonight, but he wants your heart when you're home. He wants your heart tomorrow morning. He wants your heart every single day that you're living. And the reason we look at character and becoming more like Jesus is a main point for transformation now is because worship gives us a mission and changes lives. <laughs> And this is the bit where I will get a bit more hyped up because actually this is, this is something to be hyped up about. This is something that we are energized to go and do because with worshiping Jesus, making us aware of our identities in Jesus and then worship shaping our characters into becoming more like him, we've been given a mission. We just have to be seen as a daunting prospect, but something that's incredibly exciting. Isaiah 61 the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. We live in a broken world with a broken system. And whether consciously or unconsciously, a lot of people living with broken hearts and, and in need, in desperate need of a savior. 
which is Jesus. Looking at our mission, you know, characteristics, as, as this transformation starts to happen of love, we're looking in Galatians, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, and gentleness. Missed that one out. Working with his Holy Spirit, they're the characteristics needed to share the good news of God. Isaiah 61 says, to bind up the brokenhearted, to give freedom for the captives, and to release prisoners from darkness. I want to ask you, what would our lives and the impacts on the lives of others around us look like if this transformation and these characteristics were at the core of our, our thoughts and our words and our choices? If it genuinely took over what we do, I mean, that the impact on other people's lives around us being the homeless, the poor, people suffering from physical and mental illnesses, the person on the other end of the till when we're looking down at our phone, the elderly person with no one to talk to in the coffee shop, but in not stopping there and kind of being outside of our home, with our children, with our partners with our wider family and friends. Looking at one of the words that we sing, uh, some of the words that we sing in one of the songs here, Hosanna, heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes as they're looking up to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything that I am, everything that I am for your kingdom's cause as I walk from earth into eternity. Our worship, it increases our, our awareness of the great mission we have ahead of us. and It empowers us through the Holy Spirit to be a people of Isaiah 61 in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities, in our schools, universities, whatever it is. As Jesus is reflected in us during our worship, we are then called to reflect that light to the world around us. Through our worship, we transform. Would you like to stand with me? I'm just going to have a bit of time to respond to this. And if you feel comfortable, just close your eyes. And if you want to kind of raise your hands out, you can, just to be in a stance of receiving. But the call tonight is for us to come into our times of worship with unveiled faces. Let's take those veils off and to look to him. And by looking at him, allowing ourselves to be transformed into his likeness from the inside out, the core of who we are, our identities to allowing his Holy Spirit to do working us and creating a character which reflects the living God. You know, not faking it until we make it or making high standards or principles our goal, but authentically stepping ever closer from one glory to another, to a life of fullness in God that has an eternal impact. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you your spirit is here right now. And as we worship, we, we step into 
your way. New identities. You forming us inside our, our characters and giving us a mission. We choose to posture ourselves towards a life of worship and transformation, transformation in you, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit.